0: Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. and I want to look in, in chapter number 32 today as we read together from God's holy word. And I know that somebody might might cringe a little bit when you think about Job's life. In fact, his name means to be persecuted. And he was. He was persecuted by the devil. He was persecuted by three friends. Uh, His wife became one of the persecutors in his life. Through this awful trial and storm that came up in Job's life, unaware he didn't know what was going on and everything that was happening in his life. I want to say this morning, I have gleaned and gotten great benefit from studying about Job's life. And I believe that anybody that is able to read and to be able to comprehend just a little bit about the reasoning of life, If you'll read the book of Job, it will change you from the inside out. In fact, for thousands of years, many of the people of the world, not just Christians, have gone to the book of Job to to try to figure out more about God and who He is and why He allows certain things to happen to us in our life. And the truth of the matter is there will be some things that come up in your life and mine as well that we're not going to get a full and complete answer of until we're standing before God. God can do, and I've said this so many times, I want you to hear me, church. God can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants, however He wants uh, in our lives, and He doesn't have to give us an answer or a reasoning why. And somebody said, well, why can God do that? It's because God is sovereign. That's why God can do that. Now let's get up to speed here where we're reading from in verse number, excuse me, chapter 32. And I'm going to read verses number 8 and 9, and I'll probably look at verse number 18 and 19 in this same chapter. And I want you to hold your finger there, and I want you to look, those of you that are studied in the Word of God, if you'll go ahead and jump forward all the way to chapter number 38, there's a transition that takes place. If you study these chapters, you'll see that. Eliu, if I've pronounced that name correctly, he stops off speaking and God shows up. I want you to bear that in mind today while we're reading. There are about five different people that are the key players in the book of Job. Three friends that come to Job by the name of Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. I want you to bear in mind that these men were aged men. They were not young men. They were aged men. They had understanding about many things about life. And not everything that they tell Job is wrong, but their motive is wrong. And they think that Job has hidden sin in his life. Therefore, God has brought about this great uh, sense of loss of losing his family, his wealth, his health, and everything around him. He loses all of that Uh, because they think that there's inward sin in his life. I will be the first to tell you that Job was not uh, completely perfect in everything that he did if you study these verses out. But the reasoning why all this happened to Job was not because of inward sin. And and God clarifies that for us in chapter number 38 of the, the great book of Job. I've been doing a study in my own personal life about the inspiration of the Word of God. And this morning, I want you to leave with an understanding today that Job is the oldest book in your Bible. It was written before, uh, before there even was a written Word of God. Now think about that. Before men began to sit down and pin down the thoughts that God would inspire them to write, uh, that others would read from, Job was there experiencing God through inspiration of God in his life. And I love Job. I do. I love to read and study from Job. And hands down, it is probably one of the most wonderful books that I have read from in my Christian journey in life. And I want to make you a promise today. As a believer, as a Christian, as a and as a preacher this morning, that there's nobody in this room today that's ever going to escape some type of trial or tribulation in your life somewhere along life's journey. It, it, some of you have walked through it, and those days are behind you, and you can look back and say that God was sovereign for you in your life through those times. And then some of you haven't haven't reached those places of trials and tribulation in your life. And I know that this is not popular today, but I want to tell you to hang on to God in those times in your life because God can be just as much real to you in those times as He can this morning in this service. Can I ask you a question before I read? How do you view God in your life? And there's some basic views that people have that they draw within themselves. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. I've heard people say this about God. Because Christ went to the cross, we can go out and sin and do whatever we want to do now. Because our sins are forgiven at Calvary. No, Paul straightens that theory out when he says, how shall we continue in sin? And listen this morning, living in sin is not becoming of any generation, any person or any individual. We must call sin what it is and get away from it through repentance. And Job here realizes some things about God that he'd never seen through the inspiration of God in his life. Let, let, me, let me just jump here in verse uh, chapter number. 32 it is, and these three basic key players, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, are the three men that come to Job in his mourning. But lo and behold, at the end of his trial, at the end of everything that Job was doing, there was a young man, not an older man, a young man by the name of Elihu. And he was off in the shadows in the distance watching what these other three men were saying, but he judged Job's plight and his trouble rightly. I want to say something this morning to every young man in this church. God has called you to a specific calling in your own life to be what God has called you to be. And listen, friend, many young men wait until they're middle-aged or older before they begin to just shake off the things of the world before they get right with God. But I'm thankful for some Elius in, in our church today that I believe are, are coming of age spiritually. And this man, Eliu, had a, such a view of God uh, that God has nothing bad to say about this man. He's often forgotten. He's often the one that people don't even preach about in the story of Job. But let's look at at Job's plight and how Elihu views what God is doing. I don't have time to get into all of this, but I'm just going to pick out three, four verses today and we'll deal with them from the Word of God. Now notice what he says in verse... Let's jump back to verse number 7 to kind of build on verses 8 and 9. This is what Elihu says to Job and these three so-called friends. He says, I said days should speak. What about that, a day speaking? In other words, he's he's thinking about the experience of your life in my life and that day or days speaking to you about the perplexity of of the situation that they're in. And multitude of years should teach, and this is the the whole subject matter of the book of Job. And this is the word where everything ties up right here. And this is it. He says it's a word that would teach us wisdom. You know there's a whole book in your Bible that we call the book of Proverbs that deals with wisdom in life. And the beginning of wisdom is the knowledge of God. That's where it starts at. And if you, if you live your whole life as a mother and a father and you don't train your kids righteously in through wisdom... You have failed. You have failed. But Elijah comes on the scene and he says, this is what days have taught me as a young man about wisdom. This is what the years have taught me how to be wise. Now here's a word of inspiration that he gives in verse number 8. And I want you to hang in here with me. Don't, don't throw in the towel just yet because it gets better in these verses. He says, but there is a spirit in man. There's a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. You know, that goes to everybody all across the board in the world. There's a spirit inside of you. In fact, right now, there are two spirits inside of you. There is the spirit of yourself, the essence of your being, the soulish man of who you are, that you cannot help it. You were given that when you were born. And in fact, if you read these verses, you'll find that the Spirit of God breathed, the Spirit of God breathed into a mother's womb. At the moment of conception, that child was born, and the Spirit of God, the Spirit of that, <coughs> excuse me, the Spirit of that a child was born Uh, Because of the breath of God on that child. Now we know this morning there's a spirit inside of us. It's the part of us that helps us make decisions. It's the part of us inwardly that makes us individually unique makes us walk the way we walk, think the way that we think. And you have a spirit inside of you. And listen to me, but when you have the spirit of uh, uh, the soul and the spirit of a man and the spirit of God come together, there's something amazing that takes place. And we call that really in the New Testament, the new birth. It's what Jesus said that would take place in Nicodemus's life in the book of John chapter number three when he was studying about eternal things and some of you are here this morning and your spirit, you sense that there's something to church. You know that there's something to God but you just cannot place your finger on it. Uh, But oh the day is good when the spirit of God comes and touches the spirit of man and brings that person to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And this is what Elihu says there is a spirit in man it's inside of you. You cannot help it it is there it is God breathed and God put it there and this is where the inspiration of the Almighty giveth understanding what about you how do you view God this morning how do you view the Word of God and the declaration that God gives of himself in and through the Word of God boy I want to stand here for just a minute and praise the Lord that I have a copy of his word his his Bible his word that he gives me so that I can understand more about who of God is and have a better understanding of who I am, why I'm here, what my purpose is, and why I do the things that I do day in and day out. Do you know the interpretations only belong to God? Some people said, well, I interpret the Bible this way. I see God this way in this life and that's why there's all these different views and religions in the world men have taken the Word of God and they've manipulated it to make God what they want him to be instead of what God actually and truly is and I want to tell you this morning if you're searching for God in your life and you know there's more to life than what you're experiencing if you know there's more to salvation than what you know about get into the Word of God and read from it and I promise you the Holy Spirit will align himself in your soul if you'll open the door and you can feel the presence of the almighty God because listen to me this morning uh, it belongs to God your soul uh, your life uh, is bound up and knit in God himself today and the the kind of quality of life that you're going to have from this day forward is going to be based on how you accept the inspiration of God in your life but there's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. Mind you, this is coming from the mouth of a young man and not an older man. Great, and I love what he says here. And this goes for every generation of every group of people from the beginning of time until the end. He says, great men are not always always wise. And I say something as a warning to our older men and ladies in our church today as a warning. I have seen preachers and deacons come down to the end and have a stellar, I mean a stellar ministry, a reputation that's impeccable, and get down to the end and make a mess of everything. We'll tell you something this morning. We have been blessed with some of the greatest men that northeast Georgia has to offer in our church, and I thank God for that. Elihu says that great men are not always wise. If you study these verses, you'll find that God puts, according to the words of Elihu and even Bildad, Zophar, and uh, Eliphaz, these, these other three men, they come up with some great thoughts, but they're not always right. Great thinking is not what makes one wise. It is the knowledge of knowing God is what makes one wise in fearing Him. So you know what that tells us this morning? If your life is going to mean something and have value and have purpose, you've got to get saved. You've got to. I'm glad this morning that salvation is in the hands of the Lord, but He gives us something that I preach often And we'll continue to preach often wherever I go that God gives you a chance of free will to either accept or turn away. Wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, and this is where Elihu begins to straighten out these three aged men. They thought that Job had inward sin that was unconfessed. Therefore, the the heavens opened up, and the judgment of God came on him. And the only thing left for uh, for poor old Job, the persecuted one, was to get a grave somewhere and let God finish killing him and put him in the grave. And then they would have the opportunity to get out and spread their rumors and their lies of everything that they thought was actually going on. But little did anybody know, even Elihu in this test, that God and Satan had had a day together. Satan comes forward and says, I can't do anything about Job because you've got him hedged in. God says, you can do whatever you want to to Job, you just can't kill him. And he's still going to be a great man come the end of this trial. Some of you, you're not going to be able to take what I'm fixing to say. Some of you, including myself, may be getting ready to experience a new trial that you never thought was possible in your life. You may be getting ready to go through some of the hardest, difficult times you've ever gone through in your life. Somebody said, Preacher, that's awful discouraging. I'm not trying to discourage you. I want to help you. I can't help what happens. In fact, I don't, know, I don't know why God allows certain things. to I don't know why this week in our revival, and I want you to think about this, why we were given the invitation for somebody to come and receive Christ or pray and, 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 and get strength uh, this week. The ambulances and the the policemen went by our church while we were given an invitation the most important time in our service to go get a a drowned three-year-old just up the road in our community. Why do certain things happen the way that they do and we'll never know? But I want to make you a promise today that God will be faithful no matter what we go through in our life. Somebody said that's a weak man's language. Well, if that's what it is, let me just be weak. Because I know that God has been with us through all kinds of storms, trials, and tribulations. And God has been faithful. This is what Elihu says. Wisdom belongs in the beginning of every man's life through the fear of the Lord. And wise men are not always, or great men are not always wise. Let me give you something else about your life and mine. And I love about, this is dealing with inspiration and we're going we're to find a closing place. I know you've had a long week and some of you have had been in the mode of revival, survival. Kids have climbed all over. you. Hang in there. You're doing good. You've, you're doing great. This pastor is behind you. I'm far you. I'm in your corner. I'll fight with you. We'll do whatever it takes. But make sure that you don't get discouraged. You're in a trial for the soul of your sons and your daughters' lives. And listen, if you take them out of church, if you take them out of church and you don't let them get under the sound of the gospel, under the sound of the preaching of the word of God and under the singing and everything that takes place in this church, and if you you get out of your place... Children may not make it in today's world. Now listen to me. There's inspiration that comes from the Almighty because there's a spirit inside of us that shows us the difference of who God is. But this is what I love about a young man. This is where it begins for Elihu, and then he spends the next three or four chapters here doing what he's saying in testimony to Job. He He says, for I'm full of matter. In other words, I'm full of God. I'm full of the Spirit of God. And he says, the Spirit within me constraineth me. In verse 18, in verse number 19, he says, Behold, my belly is as wine which hath no vent, and it is ready to burst like new bottles. And then he says, I'm going to speak. I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to tell you what God is doing for me. And at the end of the trial, let's jump over here to the the latter part of this this little discourse that Job uh, Job and Elihu have. Together, in fact, the three men that were there before, they couldn't say anything to this young man. He judged righteously about Job. He said, there is, I don't see inner sin or hidden sin in this man. And in essence, he says, Job, you're under a test and under a trial. He said, I want to speak to you righteously. And he begins to do something that I wish that every one of us could do. In chapter number 37, he ends his closing remarks. And and I'm trusting that you're going to go home and read this and study this for, for yourself. He talks about his heart being trembling before the Lord and the beasts that go to their place. Then he starts talking about out of the south cometh a whirlwind and the cold out of the north. Verse 10, he says, By the breath of God, frost is given. The breath of the water, or by the breadth of the waters, it's straightened. In other words, he starts taking Job to one of the greatest qualities that God has. And I want you to notice this now in closing. You know, I, I, I stand in awe every night and every morning when I get up, when the day closes, I, I like to look just up into the heavens and see how big. God is in his creation. And this is what Elihu does. He takes this distraught, hurt, beat up, persecuted man that doesn't understand fully what's going on. He takes Job back to God in his creating power. When nothing makes sense in your life, look up. When everything around you is falling all to pieces, look up. When you don't understand why you're in the trial that you're in and why you're hurting and why your soul is being so weighed down that you don't even have words to describe of why you feel that way. This, this morning, I was under the gun trying to get ready. I, can I complain for just a minute? Not to you, but about... I'm just going to whine. Is that all right? <laughs> Been through a whole week of Revival. Everything has been so good, and uh, it never fails. During revival time, things begin to break on a farm that you cannot help. It just happens. Um, I had a little mishap this morning. It wasn't nothing bad, nothing that we couldn't fix. Dana had a, had a uh, I had two fan motors go out, and I also had a medicator go bad, and we're supposed to be running some thing. I, I didn't have another medicator. It's dawn. I have to go tomorrow and get one. No place is open today to get one. I might go rob one from somebody, but I'd have to answer for that. But uh, Anyway, I was behind, and I come sat down at the breakfast table for just a few minutes with the children and Shelly, and, uh, and I cherish those times in our home. Can I encourage every parent today to make time to sit down with your kids at the dinner table? and force them to look at you at the beginning of every day and at the end of every day if it's possible and talk about life. Talk about the preacher. You can talk about me. You don't got nothing to talk about. Talk about me. And as I was sitting there, I jumped up, and I was going to run to the shower because I needed to get to the study. I needed to pray for this morning, and, uh, and I looked coming up the driveway, and here comes my poor old daddy. I'm going to tell you right now, my heart is absolutely broken for Dad. I never dreamt uh, that my dad, that man that has been so strong my whole life, would, would have Parkinson's. And one of the side effects of Parkinson's is you think things that aren't actually happening. And I look see, here comes my dad into the driveway and he gets out and he's just and I wonder who is that man where did this man come from how did this happen how did this happen to us we should still be working side by side we should be doing all these things and you think, you think it was, somebody said preacher that's, that's just life that's the way it is But it's still, life is tough, it's difficult when it's in your family when it's you that's dealing with it. And I cannot stand here today and promise anybody in this church that this time next year that everything's going to be okay, it's going to be alright. I cannot promise you that, uh, that you're going to have your mind and your health and everything. I can't promise you that. But I can promise you this, that if you look up, God's going to be 100% God and He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. I don't care what you're facing and what you're going through. God is a God of Sovereignty. He's over everything. He's over it all. At the end of all of this, Elihu leaves off speaking. He quits preaching. You know, he says there's a whirlwind. This is how we know that the Spirit of God was in Elihu. When he got done speaking, the Bible in chapter 38, the Bible says God comes in a whirlwind. And God finally shows up in Joe's trial he says, Job, stand up. It's time to give an account. He says, Job, you stand up and you gird yourself like a man and you look at me. All right, there's inspiration in this today. There's somebody here this morning that's unsaved in your life. It's been turned upside down. You don't know where you're going or coming. They ain't nothing makes sense. You've never walked an aisle for Jesus Christ. You never give your heart to Him. Sure, you've prayed little prayers somewhere off by yourself and you said, God, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But you've never fully, 100% surrendered your life unto Jesus Christ. And life just does not make sense. But the inspiration of the Holy is inside of you because there's a spirit of God that's inside of you right now and He's speaking to you and He's talking to you. Now listen, God says to Job, says, Job, where were you at when I created the very foundation of the earth? Job, can you put the clouds in the sky? And make them hang there until the water has come out of them and they're wearied on their own journey and put them on that cycle. And it keeps going. Well, that's amazing. Next that storm cloud that comes over, you look up in that storm cloud and you see them thousands of pounds hanging up there, millions of pounds hanging up there. And God pulls the Bottom out from under it. And God lets the rain fall on the just and the unjust. Boy, that's big. That's big. That's God. He said, Job, where were you at? When I put the goat that's wild up in the mountain, no man taking care of it. And I let a little sprig of grass start growing over here just so it can make it through the winter and live. Where were you at, Job. When all these things happened in Earth, he said, "You answer me like a man, Job." And Job couldn't say anything. He said, "All he could do when God finally showed up, and this what you're going to have to do when God shows up in your life is you're going to have to do like Job did." He says, "I repent." He said, God, finally I see myself as what I really am. He says, I repent in dust and ashes. This bag of bones that was laying there in the ash heap with his three uh, hypocrite friends standing around him and one good preacher standing over him by the name of Elihu preaching to him the truth. Job finally got to himself and he says, I repent. I repent. I'm sorry, God. I I heard about you with a hearing of my ear, but now... My eye seeth thee. How many of you would like to be the one would like to be the one that had to go stand with that family over here that buried, that's going to bury their daughter this week?) You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North